You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. A big blow to an already struggling Auburn defense. Losing linebacker K.J. Britt to thumb surgery this week. How long could he be out? We'll discuss that. Also, our buddy Emery Hunt from CBS Sports and FootballGamePlan.com. He will join us. We'll run through each of the games this weekend and get his thoughts on how they will play out. And lastly, we'll visit with Josh Ward of Locked On Vols to get his his thoughts on what chance Tennessee has of upsetting Georgia in the game of the week. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We are here for you five days a week with Locked On SEC. Once you subscribe, you get the latest episode of the podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's get into some headlines real quick before we do our matchup breakdowns. The big news came out yesterday. Auburn senior linebacker K.J. Britt undergoing thumb surgery uh, today, according to Auburn Undercover's Philip Marshall. The timetable for Britt's return to the team, uncertain. Britt will undergo the surgery to repair ligaments in his right thumb. He played through the hand, the hand injury as well as a shoulder injury during Auburn's loss to Georgia last week. Through two games, he led the team with 23 tackles, along with a tackle for a loss. Of course, the Tigers return to action tomorrow, Saturday, at home against Arkansas. Cole Kublik from the SEC Network, who's obviously an Auburn alum, he tweeted out yesterday, I had an Auburn staff member describe K.J. Britt to me this way. He's not the leader of the defense. He's the leader of the football team. So that is a big loss for the Tigers, as Cole says, regardless of who they are playing. And you know, I said this is a spunky Arkansas team, and now that's a big loss for Kevin Steele's defense to lose K.J. Britt. Again, repairing a ligament in the thumb, it, it could be something that heals relatively quickly, but the question becomes, you know, how many weeks does he miss? Is it just this game and maybe back next week? Wait to see on a more specific timetable, but we know he will not play against Arkansas this weekend, so a big loss for Auburn. A few other headlines before we make our picks. Kickoff time for Alabama at Ole Miss will be played Saturday in Oxford. It's been changed to a 6.30 central time start due to Hurricane Delta. We know originally it was scheduled for a 5 p.m. central, but they're pushing it back an hour and a half because it seems like the worst of the storm is going to move through kind of still in that 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock time period. It's all changing, but they figured push it to a little bit of a later time. It'll start on ESPN after Arkansas-Auburn, and so that way they'll get a little bit more of a of a leeway of the heavy stuff from Hurricane Delta. They're still going to deal with effects from the uh, hurricane. You're going to deal with rain and possibly even heavy thunderstorms at times, but they think the, the worst of it will move out by the time they kick off at 6.30 Central couple other headlines, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey sent out a stern warning in a memo to the conference yesterday. Commissioners, as we know, are coming down hard on teams and coaches that don't take mask requirements seriously. In the SEC, Greg Sankey, very serious about the mask requirements. For the second week in a row, he sent a stern memo to the league, citing the recent COVID outbreak in the White House as evidence that the SEC has to continue to take things very seriously. According to Alex Scarborough from ESPN, Sankey threatened fines and possible suspensions for those who fail to comply with the mask requirements. Memo states that programs whose coaches, staff, or other personnel fail to adhere to the approved task force requirements will be assessed a 100000 reduction in conference revenue 
The amount will increase by $100,000 for each subsequent week of noncompliance. That's a big deal. Can you imagine if, uh, you know, the fines and, and that sort of thing is a big deal? But can you imagine if we get to the point where we have suspensions in the week before LSU-Alabama, Nick Saban is suspended for that game? Greg Sankey trying to send the memo that this is very serious. A few other notes. Eli Drinkwitz said Missouri had a positive COVID test this week, and that has led to six others being contact traced. So Missouri will be without seven of their players against LSU. Again, we don't know specifically who yet, but that's yet another loss. It seems like Mizzou just keeps having these a positive tests and then having to pull out other guys from contact tracing. And one day, Missouri will have their full complement of players for a game this season. And lastly, in College Station, Kyle Trask, who grew up in Houston, his whole family is full of Texas A&M Aggies. He will take the field with his Florida Gators, looking to remain undefeated. And he revealed to the media this week it'll be extra special when he takes the field at Kyle Field because he was named after it. Apparently, the Trask family just loves Texas A&M, but probably not this Saturday. All right, let's do it. Let's get into our matchup breakdowns. Matchup breakdowns. Start at 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Missouri now playing host to LSU, although LSU will be the home team. LSU still favored by 14 points. The line hasn't moved a whole heck of a lot, despite moving the game from Baton Rouge to Columbia, Missouri. It'll be the first time LSU makes the trip up to Columbia. But I like LSU to win and win comfortably. I'll take them to cover the 14. The other 11 a.m. games, 12 p.m. Eastern, South Carolina is at Vandy, a battle of 0-2 teams. Look, I've talked about it all season. I'm a fan of Colin Hill. I'm a fan of Mike Bobo. I think the Gamecocks get it done. Going to be a tough season for Derrick Mason and Vandy. Give me South Carolina covering the 13 and a half. The other 11 a.m. game, 12 p.m. Eastern, number four, Florida, is at number 21, Texas A&M, as we just mentioned. I still don't understand how this line has not moved. Still, Florida, minus six and a half. Call me crazy. Call me whatever. Florida's going to win big against A&M. Maybe the Aggies keep it close for a half. But Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, that Gator offense, just too much for the Aggies. You saw what, the, what Alabama did to that Aggie secondary last week. Our game of the week, Tennessee, number 14, Tennessee is at number three, Georgia. I've said it all week long. I think Tennessee keeps this one close going into the fourth quarter. Look, Tennessee maybe loses by 10, but that covers the 12 and a half. I'm going to be real tempted to take Tennessee straight up by tomorrow, though. Not doing it today. Georgia's going to win. But I think Tennessee keeps us uncomfortably close for the Bulldogs. My upset special, 3 o'clock Central. 4 o'clock Eastern, Arkansas is at Auburn. Number 13, Auburn, favored by 13 and a half. I don't know what I'm missing, but the Razorbacks just pulled off a mighty upset against Mississippi State a week ago. That defense, Barry Odom, had a great game plan. I bet he has another great game plan against Bo Nix and the Auburn offense that was just stifled against the Georgia defense. Let's see what Barry Odom and the Arkansas defense can do to him. I like Arkansas in the points. But we may not even need them. Give me Arkansas in the upset over Auburn. And then at night, we've got number two, Alabama, is at Ole Miss. Again, as we mentioned, that game moved to 6.30 p.m. Central. One of these days, Lane Kiffin's going to pull the upset over Alabama. It's not going to be this year, but a high-flying game. I just wonder how much the weather plays a factor. Najee Harris, Jerry Ely, probably a heavy ground attack. 
Maybe not a whole lot of heavy passing in this game. But you know both guys are going to want to let loose with Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban. 23.5 points is a lot for Alabama, but I think they cover just because Ole Miss's defense is so bad. And lastly, Mississippi State is at Kentucky. That line is all the way down to Kentucky minus two. Mike Leach and the Air Raid offense, they were grounded last week. But Kentucky's winless. They've got to win this one at home. I'll take Kentucky minus the two, but I don't feel good about it. I think the Bulldogs keep it really close. And there you have it. That's our matchup breakdowns heading into this weekend. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Emery Hunt of CBS Sports and FootballGamePlan.com. We'll get his thoughts on the matchup breakdowns this weekend in the SEC. Hey, you guys know we're always telling you about the Built Bars. Well, now you have to try Built Go. We all have that daily wall. You know what I'm talking about. You're at the office mid-afternoon, and you just hit that wall. Lack of energy, lack of focus. You need something to help pick you back up. Built Go is the way to go. It's a healthy replacement for that yucky energy drink because the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. Think five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking one of those big energy drinks, but with a third of the caffeine and better results. Built Go combines energy gel with protein, and it goes to work fast. It is loaded with good stuff to kick you back into gear, and it tastes great. Three delicious flavors. My favorite is the chocolate mint. You have to check them out. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you will get 30% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED. Get 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Locked on SEC, rocking and rolling here, getting you ready for another weekend of SEC football. Looking ahead to some of the games this weekend and figured we got to get this guy in, one of the best football minds out there. He is the founder and analyst for Football Game Plan. He is Emery Hunt, and he joins us now. Emery, what's going on, man? Doing fine, man. As always, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. And uh, it's so, been so fun to watch you. Uh, been streaming some of the CBS games on Saturday and seeing you doing your thing on uh, CB, CBS Sports HQ, breaking it all down from college to the pros. It seems like you're covering it all, man. Yeah, I'm trying to be everywhere, man. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to do a little bit of a lot of things around around the web. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's start things off since we are an SEC show. Um, what what team has impressed you most so far of uh, all the teams in the SEC? I mean, Florida's been pretty darn impressive. Alabama, you know, Georgia, that defense is stifling. Which team has impressed you most so far? I would say it's a little bit of, like, you know, you like different parts of, of different teams. But if I'm going overall team, I would probably go with Florida because of how great their offense has come out and played uh, this season and, you know, how they're working the tight end, Kyle Pittsmore than anything, and he's putting himself in the Heisman Trophy conversation. So I think Florida overall has been the most impressive. If the NFL draft were tomorrow, Emory, where would Kyle Pitts go? I mean, I, I, I'm i thinking, like, at least top 15, if not top 10, for a guy that, like, you just look at his athleticism, that guy could play in the NFL tomorrow. Right, and you look at a guy like that and, and how the league has, you know, is all about matchups now and that you want guys that can do more than one thing. And having a guy like Pitts out there, just you're not going to cover him with a linebacker. You kind of pushing it, covering him with the safety. So I, I agree with you. He's like a top 15 type talent uh, all day long. Let's get into a couple of games this week, and you 
mentioned Florida. They're going to Texas A&M, who's looking to bounce back from that abysmal loss in Tuscaloosa a week ago. I, I was surprised to see Florida was only a, a less than a touchdown favorite because I guess they think desperate times call for desperate measures for A&M. But, man, the way that Florida offense is humming, I don't see any way that they don't win big in College Station. Agreed. I think what happens with Texas A&M, you, you like some individual pieces around the, the roster, but collectively they just don't put it together on a consistent basis. And you know, even though Florida's defense is struggling, I do think they uh, have enough on defense to keep that Aggie offense inconsistent. And their offense, like I said before, is just playing out of its mind right now. So I think they can easily win that one. Another early game on Saturday morning. Missouri is now playing host to LSU. It's a home game for LSU, but moving the game because of the hurricane and hitting Louisiana, LSU is a over two touchdown favorite, but a little bit of a different dynamic playing this one in Columbia. But LSU looked like a much better team in week two than they did in week one. And that's the question I have about LSU. Was it because they just got better over week one or was it because they played Vanderbilt, who had no offense to speak of? Because even on defense, Vanderbilt had some opportunities to make plays on the ball. I think when you look at Missouri having much better talent on both sides of the ball, uh, an offense that definitely has some skilled players. Damon Hazleton is a really good receiver. I like Roundtree in the backfield. Their defensive line is pretty good. This is going to be a very tough challenge for LSU, so I'm intrigued enough to see how this one plays out. South Carolina is at Vanderbilt, a battle of 0-2 teams. Look, South Carolina may be winless, but I like the fight they've given. They gave Tennessee a fight in Week 1. They they hung with Florida for a little bit this past weekend. I like the new quarterback in Colin Hill. This feels like one that Will Muschamp has to win at Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think when you look at how South Carolina played, you can make a case that they should be 2-0 on the season. They had an opportunity uh, to really beat Florida, I, I thought. And I thought they played well in that game. They had some success early on running the football. Uh, defensively, they were able to get some stops, and they started to make this thing uh, closer than it should have been contest. And you're right, Colin Hill has played well. He's, you know, I thought they probably should have gone with Helensky, but it's proven to be the right choice to go with Colin Hill, and a more experienced passer, one that knows Mike Bobo's offense. So South Carolina is going to be that team, I believe, that's going to be that flying the ointment in the SEC. Tennessee, Georgia, we'll come back to in just a minute. But uh, the the afternoon game, Arkansas at Auburn, man, desperate times for Auburn. You better bounce back and win this one at home against a feisty Arkansas team that just got their first win in the SEC in a couple of years. Auburn still licking their wounds after getting beat down by Georgia, but they better bounce back quick if they want to beat this feisty Arkansas team. If Arkansas doesn't turn the ball over, they have the weapons on offense. You got Boyd in the backfield. You got those three receivers. Felipe Franks is a better-than-you-think type passer when he protects the football. I worry about Arkansas' defense, but you also worry about Auburn's offensive line. And we saw that last week against Georgia, how that offensive line just got manhandled by that Bulldogs defensive front. So another one where I think both teams want to try to make a statement. Auburn wants to show that they're back. Um, and last week was an anomaly and not a sign of things to come. And Arkansas wants to show people that, yeah, last week was a sign of things to come and not an anomaly. At night, we get Mississippi State is at Kentucky. Kentucky, down in their luck, man, 0-2, but they they gave Auburn a fight in week one and then just couldn't pull it out against Ole Miss. They, their kicker misses the extra point in overtime, and Ole Miss gets the win. Mike Leach, I don't know what to think, man. What a Jekyll and Hyde team. As good as they look week one against LSU, the offense and the air raid gets grounded last week against Arkansas. What do you make of Mississippi State at Kentucky? 
You know, this is interesting because I thought LSU should have done what Arkansas did Mississippi State. Costello is a turnover machine, and LSU had many opportunities to take the ball away in that first matchup. Arkansas was able to turn those turn the ball over, and I think Kentucky has a good enough defense to do that as well. So Mississippi State, yeah, it's great to throw the football 40-plus times a game, but you still have one of the best tailbacks in the SEC in Colin Hill. you got to find a way to really give him the football and take some of the pressure off of Costello. But, you know, with Mike Leach and that offense, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, and Kentucky ran for over 400 yards last week. Maybe they can just play grounded pound and clock possession and, and keep the ball away from Mississippi State. Uh, the other game at night, man, this one should be a lot of fun. Alabama is at Ole Miss. It's the first matchup of Lane Kiffin versus Nick Saban. I know Ole Miss doesn't have a defense, but I think Lane Kiffin's going to find a way to score some points. And I don't know what the over-under is, the latest. I think it's still around 70. I'm going over because I think Bama scores in the 50s, and I, I think Ole Miss can at least score in the 20s or 30s. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun one because you know Lane Kiffin loves to get under the skin of Nick Saban or can get under the skin of Nick Saban. And Ole Miss has some talent. They have some speed on offense, man. Their defense, though, is going to be a problem. They gave up 300 yards rushing uh, in each of their two games. So 600 yards rushing total they've given up. I mean, that that is unheard of. So if Alabama really, especially if there's going to be some weather because of the hurricane, if there's going to be some weather in that game and it's going to be, hey, we're not going to be able to pass as much, we're going to have to run the football, I do think, you know, we, if you look at, Ole Miss's rush defense, it could get ugly real quickly. Let's get to the last game on the slate. It is my SEC game of the week. Game of the week. Tennessee, number 14 Tennessee, going to Athens to play number three Georgia. It's the afternoon game on CBS. We know about the win streak with Jeremy Pruitt dating back to last year. Tennessee, one of the hottest teams in the country, if you do date back to the middle of last season. Georgia, look, they're getting it done on offense with Stetson Bennett. I, I give him credit, tip my cap. I just wonder, is this a story, a fairy tale story that's going to end eventually? Because we know you got to have consistent play at the quarterback spot in the SEC. I'm not doubting Georgia's defense. I know they're good, but can Jared Garantano lead the Tennessee offense to just enough points in order to pull the episode over Georgia? I think this one's really close, Emery. And again, you got to factor in the weather. You know, they're going to have some some probably some situations dealing with Hurricane Delta. And, you know, when you look at that being the, the backdrop or overhanging over this game, and it's going to become an old-school SEC matchup uh, where it's going to be run game and defense. And so when you look at that element, it can it has an opportunity to keep this game close. But we're going to learn a lot about both Stetson Bennett and also Garantano uh, in this ball game because I think both defenses will force each other's quarterback to make plays consistently in the passing game, and whoever can do that, their team, I believe, will win. Yeah, I just think that two-headed attack of Ty Chandler and Eric Gray in the backfield for Tennessee, I think that might be, when it's all said and done, they may be the best running back duo in the SEC by the end of this year. And if they're going to pull the upset, then both those guys have to go off. Tennessee offensive line obviously got a big upgrade, and Cade Mays being eligible last week, and it showed in that win over Missouri. So, I don't know, man. I'm not calling for the upset, but I think Tennessee hangs around, keeps it interesting into the fourth quarter, and that 12-point spread in favor of Georgia, you may want to lean Tennessee if you're betting some some money on that one. He is Emory Hunt, of course, football game plan, doing his thing there, CBS Sports HQ. Emory, let everybody know where they can find your work. 
You can follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash football game plan. And also, you can check me out, like you said, on CBS Sports HQ. I'm on there a lot, so you're bound to see my face at some point. And of course, you, you're you're breaking down the NFL. You still you still do your draft work and everything else. You got it covered year round, right? Listen, football never stops, man. And once, <laughs> once the CFL kicks off, we got that covered too. Awesome, Emery Hunt. Give him a follow on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. Always good to catch up, man. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, man. All right, Emery Hunt, there. Football Game Plan, one of the best in the business, breaking it all down. He told you what to keep an eye on with the SEC games this weekend, and uh, again, my. Game of the week is that Tennessee-Georgia game. I just feel like Jeremy Pruitt is going to keep it interesting, is going to keep it close. Oh, come, come Saturday morning, I may be putting money on Tennessee money line just straight up. I know it's the second. it would be the second week in a row that I doubted Georgia because I bet Auburn last week. I kept, Everybody was selling me on Bo Nix and Auburn, and I got fooled. If Georgia does it again this week, I think i got to go all in on the Bulldogs for the rest of the year, but I'm still... I'm still doubting them just a little bit with Stetson Bennett. Can the magic run out in this play at quarterback? This is Locked on SEC. Coming up next, we preview the game of the week, Tennessee at Georgia with Josh Ward of Locked on Vols. Does Jeremy Pruitt have what it takes to pull off the upset in Athens? Friday edition of Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy here with you. And as we look ahead to the weekend, I've already picked it. My game of the week is Tennessee at Georgia. So I figured final segment on a Friday, getting you ready for all the games this weekend. Why not catch up with our buddy Josh Ward of the Locked On Vols podcast to discuss the game of the week. Josh, what's going on, man? Yeah, good to be on with you and a uh, big game. I know Tennessee fans, Georgia fans too, I think, are really excited for this one. Yeah, let me ask you, just because uh, I watched a good bit of the game last week, how much better was that Tennessee O-line with the addition of Cade Mays? It looked a lot better. It looked a lot bigger with Cade out there. And I say that with Darnell Wright having played a right tack when he's a big guy, but Cade just looks the part of an SEC offensive lineman because he's played that part the last couple of years at Georgia, and he knows what to do. He's versatile, can move around. They played him at different spots on the offensive line. His main position, I think, is going to be right tackle, and I do think Tennessee wants to settle on a main five and stick with it more throughout. Jeremy Pruitt said that they have some guys that need to get in better shape, as uh, like Wanya Morris at left tackle. He started, and he had to deal with two different quarantines during fall camp, so has maybe not gotten in to the type of game shape that they hope, but they were still able to go out and be really productive. So I think that means good things for Tennessee moving forward. This is an offensive line that looks like it can hold its own against everybody, including Georgia. Through two weeks in the league, I really like this backfield. Is Tennessee have the best two-headed attack in the conference with Ty Chandler and Eric, Eric Ray? That is a question that I've asked this week, and they at least are going to be in the running for it with what Chandler and Gray can do Chandler has been the guy that they've relied on a little bit more. Gray has been the guy that's made some bigger plays. They both have home run potential, and they're both just really talented. We're talking about two guys that were high school All-Americans, four-star prospects, and they are going to be the focus of what Tennessee wants to do in running the football. There's, there's going to be somebody else that has to play at some point. Jabari Small is a freshman that got a little bit of time this past weekend, but it's going to be Chandler and Gray. So statistically, I think they have a chance to end up 
as the top running back duo in the SEC at the end of the season. I have to stay healthy, of course. But uh, Jim Chaney told us before the season started, Tennessee's offense coordinator, he said that they're going to play a lot. And one of those guys will probably be on the field just about every play. And sometime, maybe soon, maybe Saturday, we could see both of those guys out there because they can be effective as runners or receivers. And Chandler was asked about it this week. Uh, could you could you two play together more often moving forward? And he said, well, we've practiced it. I think so. And then kind of stopped short. And I wondered aloud at least, hey, is that something that could be coming? And he didn't want to give any hints. But I would I would try to use both of those guys together more if I'm Jim Chaney. You got even gotten to see a little bit of Jabari Small, only a, a couple of carries, but uh, some some big hopes for him as well, right? Yeah, he's a talented player. He's from Memphis. He's a freshman. There's another freshman named T. Hodge who's a bigger back. He's a local guy, and they need some extra size, I think, in the backfield. That's one thing to point out with Chandler and Gray. They are not big backs, so asking those guys to carry the load week in, week out in the SEC – could be asking a lot. So uh, everybody, uh, but certainly in the SEC, you need three, maybe four running backs to to be productive over the course of a season. That's why somebody else will probably need to emerge at some point. But it starts with Chandler and Gray for sure. I have uh, consistently said Jarek Garantano through two games has yet to throw an interception. And I point that out because, you know, look, he threw eight last season. He's got 13 in his career. He has, he's had 12 career fumbles. I just think being that senior, that veteran quarterback, you start to do the little things, taking care of the ball, don't turn it over. How big is that going to be this week against that Georgia defense? It's priority number one on offense. You want to be able to block up front. You want to be able to run the football. They need to take some shots down the field and see if they can hit them. All of that is going to matter. But it's not going to matter too much if Tennessee turns the ball over. And I think Jeremy Pruitt looks at Garantano and the way that he's played, and the, the biggest positive has been that, taking care of the ball not making the mistakes, not making decisions that were you know, really confusing, I think, to the staff at the beginning of last season because in 2018, Garantano did a good job of taking care of the ball and not making throws that hurt Tennessee. Last season, that was an issue, and he lost his job because of it. It got better as the season went along, but his decision-making to start the year has been good, and if that continues, that will give Tennessee a better chance of being competitive and having a shot at pulling off an upset against Georgia. I think you, like I, have come away very impressed with this Georgia defense so far through two weeks. They're really, really stout. But if I had to pick a weakness, where is there one? No, there isn't. Uh, <laughs> they I, they have players all over the place, and they're deep. And they, uh, they're I think in the secondary they're going to challenge Tennessee's receivers, who I think have been impressive to start the season. That was one of the big question marks. What would Tennessee have at receiver with Juwan Jennings and Marquez Callaway gone? And the first two games, they've been impressive, but against a secondary that's going to physically challenge them more. Uh, I think Georgia is maybe going to be better at getting after the quarterback than I expected going into the season. So I'm not going to sit here and try to pull out a weakness just to say, well, maybe this group. I think they're the best defense in the country probably. That doesn't mean Tennessee can't be productive. I think having a good offensive line, if it is that, if if it is an offensive line that can go toe-to-toe with anybody, well, that can give Tennessee's offense a chance to be productive. But to this point, if Georgia's defense is locked in, Good luck going up against them. Uh, That's why Tennessee's defense needs to play well, because if Georgia's able to get some things going, and all of a sudden you're asking Jarrett Garantano and the offense to go out there and put a bunch of points on the scoreboard, I don't like Tennessee's chances. We uh, we saw Auburn last week. Let's be honest, Auburn's not great up front this year. They lost a lot, losing Derrick Brown, Marlon Davidson, but 
I was surprised Stetson Bennett just made it look so easy going up and down the field. And look, you can't help but be impressed with what that kid's done. He wasn't supposed to be the starter, but he's earned the spot. I just keep saying, I wonder if it's Cinderella and the clock's going to run up on him. And, you know, one week he's going to get exposed. Could this be a week where Tennessee's defense can expose Stetson Bennett for being the quote unquote game manager he's kind of been? Jeremy Pruitt's going to try. He's a guy that can be creative and dial up some different blitz packages. Tennessee is going to have Sean Schamberger back at nickel, and he's a really important player, I think. He's a guy that has played a lot. He's aggressive, and he can help in coverage, but he can help in applying pressure as well. And I think that's something that Jeremy Pruitt is going to try to do to uh, create pressure on Bennett and see if they can force him into making mistakes. Two years ago, when Tennessee went and beat Auburn, that was Auburn with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback, and, and that Auburn team was not this Georgia team. But Tennessee was a big underdog. Tennessee was actually a bigger underdog in that game than it is on Saturday against Georgia, but Jeremy Pruitt was able to do a number of different things to uh, create confusion and force mistakes by Stidham, and that's why Tennessee won the football game. And Tennessee did some of the other stuff I talked about. They threw the 50-50 balls down the field, and Tennessee's receivers went out there and made plays. So you have to capitalize if you force turnovers, if you force mistakes. But uh, Jeremy Pruitt said it at the beginning of the week, said it again on Wednesday, we have to force turnovers, we have to take care of the ball. If Tennessee wins the turnover battle, it has a chance to win the game. If if that is flipped and Tennessee loses the turnover battle, well, then Tennessee could get blown out in this game. All right, your final thoughts. Give me a prediction. I, I, I keep reading. Everybody says they think Tennessee keeps it close, but I haven't seen anybody pick Tennessee in the upset. But what are you thinking? The 12.5-point spread as we speak. Well, then I'm going to probably be echoing what you've heard others say. I do think <laughs> Tennessee keeps it competitive. Remember last year, Tennessee came out firing in the first half, but just didn't have the horses for four quarters. I think Tennessee has a better chance to be in the game in the fourth quarter, but going to Georgia, knowing how much talent Georgia has and some of the the mismatches they can create, I just think it's too much for Tennessee. And I I still need to see it from Jared Garantano to know that he can win against this kind of defense. So I think it's lower scoring. I think Tennessee's defense plays pretty well, maybe gives up. This is one other thing. Tennessee's defense has had a few issues, issues giving up big plays. They did not last year. That's something they're trying to correct. But I think they maybe give up a couple this week, and I'll say Georgia wins by a touchdown. Man, I'm so tempted to take Tennessee in the upset here. I may, I may end up on my betting account Saturday morning and then take in Tennessee if that line moves anymore and, and the, the odds become a little bit better to take them straight up. But I'm with you right now. I think, uh, I think Georgia, that defense is just so stout. But, man, Stetson Bennett, the, the luck's got to run out eventually for this kid. So maybe it'll be on Saturday. Josh Ward, host of the Locked on Vols podcast. What do you have on this Friday edition of the Locked on Vols podcast? Yeah, we're covering the game, going over keys. I've got uh, coverage from both sides, what Tennessee fans need to know about Georgia, and, of course, everything you need to know about what Tennessee is going to try to do on Saturday. And while I'm, I'm picking Georgia to win the game, I do think Tennessee has a shot going in. So we'll cover it on Locked on Balls. Awesome. Great stuff, Josh. Any, uh, any other teams pulling upset this weekend in the SEC? You know, I don't know. I don't think Lane Kiffin is, but I think it's going to be a very fun game to watch. I don't like where Texas A&M is right now either uh, in the conference. So uh, Kentucky-Mississippi State's a really interesting game to me. Uh, And uh, Missouri maybe could keep things competitive if they play the right quarterback. But um, I'm, I'm not calling any any big upsets this week. I think uh, I think Florida keeps it rolling offensively. I'm taking Arkansas. Give me Arkansas the upset at Auburn. Ride to Felipe Frank's train. Why not? I love what Pittman's doing. I love <laughs> Sam Pittman as a coach, and players love playing for him. Give Josh a follow on Twitter, at Josh underscore Ward, and, of course, subscribe to Locked on Vols. Josh, thanks for the time, man. 
You got it. Thank you. This is Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.